the SND Podcast channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Welcome to episode 289 of the SND Podcast Show. Stephen, Danny, and Vin are here all together for the first time in a month. What's going on, boys? It's been that long. How's it going, guys? Um, pretty well, I suppose. Enjoying the summer. Yeah, the Mets, the Mets are still in first place, ha- hanging by a thread, but still there. Yep, yep, yep. And we're going to get into all of that later, but we're going to start with something that we barely talk about. Because I was thinking about this recently. and Franklin? Not Franklin, no. Okay. Um, close, but not Franklin. Um, over the last couple of years, the NBA, we've focused on super teams, right? Right. But nobody ever realized, like, there's always been super teams, if you really think about it in the NBA. Like, just thinking of what we watched growing up, you had you had Ewing, Starks, and Oakley, or, or Mason, and Spreewell, and all those guys. They always had at least three superstars on the team. The Bulls always had a couple superstar, superstars on the team. Jazz, Supersonics, like, why is this first becoming a big deal now? So, to me... I think it's a generational thing. It is, but to me it's always been how you build the team. The Warriors won a championship by building a team the way, the classic way of building a team. They drafted Steph, they drafted Clay, they drafted Draymond, some minute, you know, small free agents... Right, Iggy and David yeah. Lee and whatever. And they, I mean, they won a championship that way. And then you add KD and, and, and things get out of hand a little bit. But, like, I've always, the way I've always looked at it is, like, the Miami Heat did nothing. The Miami Heat organization, the only thing they did to earn the championships that they got later in 20-whatever, 13 and not the Not the first one with Wade not and the first Shaq. One. Right. The second, the other second two, I think it was. All they did was draft Dwayne Wade, you know, however many years before. That's the only thing they did and, and happened to be located in Florida. Like, Spolstra's a, a, good, a great coach. That's just, that's, a, that's true. But, like, the only reason that those guys went there, that Ray Allen went there and Bosch went there and obviously LeBron went there, is just because that's where they picked. They all could have went to Cleveland with LeBron and done it the other way, too. Right. Like, it would have been the same exact thing. Right. 100%. And, like... It's funny thinking about Spotra now. Like, it's so funny, crazy. Like, right. no one would have ever right. believed we gave him that no credit then. he's still coaching. It's still and, crazy. And it's not like they're a terrible team in Miami. I mean, they had a bad right. year this year, but then again, you can always look at this year. You can always look towards this year as a bubble, as a they had a deep run in the bubble, barely had time off. You know, you can look at it right. that way. You know, they made a magical run at it, and next year they'll more than likely be back to normal. Right, because then they'll have, they'll have their regular rest. They'll have the draft picks that they just had. Got some free agents coming in, I'm sure, over there. And again, right. people want to play down there because, let's face it, it's Miami. Miami slash uh, state tax. Well, There's no right. state tax. So. Well, that really just comes down to you just buying a house there. You can buy. You can sign with anybody, buy a house in Miami with the signing I, bonus. I don't know how state tax works with any yeah. athlete. 
because none of it makes any sense. So I'm not even going to try to figure it out. I know there was a story a couple years ago on LeBron how he how all his contracts are signed with his house address from Miami still because of oh. the state tax. Okay. So it's basically where is your official residence? But like, you so it's play like, in every state. It, like, there's a question on where do you work in the in the in the the country? You play in almost every state in the country, or, or whatever, thirty yeah. other states. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how any of that works. I don't know how that works, but yeah, but still, like, it's it was just crazy to me i was thinking about it the other day because now russell gets traded to the lakers and they're trying to build a, a super team and and golden state's looking to see what kind of big time free agents and trades they can make to try and get seth another ring before he leaves so you don't have to overpay him basically at this point which would just be stupid if it's if they let him walk um in my opinion at least um and like you know all these things and they got free agency starting now and like honestly the reason i actually slightly paid more attention to the postseason is when it came down to the final four in the nba playoffs there wasn't a super the clippers were probably the closest to what is exactly a super team and even with them uh Kawhi got hurt so the biggest piece was even in playing right which made even the nba finals fun it was like all right chris paul is a is a all, well, probably an all-time great, and Booker is one of the top stars right now, but what else was really on that Phoenix team that anybody ever heard of? Look at Milwaukee, right? Behind behind uh, Giannis. Giannis, right? Everybody's really just an extra. If, you go to, if any of those guys are on a team like, let's say, the Lakers now, they're basically bench warmers playing 10 minutes a game, if and if that. Yeah. Which made it fun to watch because it wasn't like, all right, cool, it's different. It's different. It's newer teams. It's guys that are literally going to win it by themselves. Yeah, see, I I used to feel that way and think that was the reason I didn't watch basketball, but then this happened. And then, like, two years ago, the Raptors were in it, you know, with kind of an uncommon thing, and I didn't watch a single minute. So I just don't like basketball that much, which is – I've accepted it. (laughs) Right, it, it's all good. It's not for everyone, so. So, uh, I'm not sure. It, it's just I think it's like a generational thing, and then you don't really realize it until after the fact. Your generation is basically close to being like over, because when it happened with LeBron, you really we didn't really think of it like that, and like, like it was usually homegrown or some sort of trade. It wasn't like three guys planning together and going to a team there that way you know what i mean that was like the first time that all happened you know i think that would be that would be the different thing about it right because like those bulls teams like robin was an all-time robin's an all-time player but he's an all-time player at a specific skill right so like that was just more of a complimentary piece getting added to them you know drafting jordan and drafting Scotty, and you know, again, adding some supplemental pieces along the way. Like, there's, I, I can get behind guys wanting to play with each other, but to me, like, the way the Heat did it always rubbed me the wrong way. Even like KD going 
just adding one guy to a team is like that's a very common thing. The fact that it was the two of them, I guess, threw me. I don't know. It shouldn't, but I think you get where I'm going with that. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the point at that reasoning. And, of course, it is the summer. We do have – NBA didn't release the schedule yet, right? But they said, uh, like, no, time frames? Not yet. Not, not yet. They released... Free agency starts Monday, so I'm sure that's right around the corner as well. Right. So, And I think they said um... – Or Tuesday, one of, one of the days. And I think they released, like, when is everything starting, right? And I think it's, like, mid-October is going to be the season to start. Uh, you know what? I don't even know. I don't remember seeing it, so you could very well be right. Okay, so, yeah. I do know what did start, which is NFL training camp. And I know Vin's got his last run on him. I wonder if they're making an ESPN documentary out of it. I'm sure they will. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a 30 for 30. Someone oh, yeah. wrote on, I saw a meme today, it said, Thank God you got your savior, Randall Cobb, back. You know, the guy who hasn't played a game in two years. I mean, that's just not true. <laughs> I mean, we let's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. Here, here we go. Well, that's what we First wanted, all, man. Let's go. Randall Cobb... I, I swear, The first time when Trey Ringo tweeted that two days ago, I honestly thought he was kidding. I he Knowing Trey, I honestly thought it was a joke. And then it happened. Um, he's played. He played ten games last year and fifteen games two years ago. Um, he still. He had eight hundred yards two years ago. He had four hundred last year. Not great. Three touchdowns each of the last two years. Um, the whole this whole situation has been very is very. Um, like interesting is is not a great word to use, but has never made a lot of sense. The Rogers had his press conference the other day. It was like a half hour long, and the bones, you know, the the, the twenty minutes short... of bashing the the franchise. Right. <laughs> there were a couple moments where he didn't look great. He said, "You know, people come to here to play with me, not." Because it's a vacation destination. Okay, well, yeah, we know that. Well, nobody he goes on vacation a, to negative 20 degrees in December. That's fine. There was <laughs> there was a part where he said, I love the fans. I love the, uh, I love this place. Like, he was going to say organization and stopped and said this place. But then later on, he said he loves the organization. Um, he said his relationship with the GM at the moment is professional. Quote-unquote professional. Um his his whole brief was he seemed like he wanted to be involved in decision making. Now, I don't know how much other guys like I don't know how much say Brady had with Belichick. I would assume he had some he had say. We know Peyton kind of ran things wherever he went, so that was if he wanted a Peyton like scenario, I, I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Right. And it seemed like they didn't even want to give him, like, a, a, a say in the conversation. In free agency, in whatever. And we've talked about this, like, with they cut Jordy for Jimmy Graham. I mean, there was no reason for that. And everybody's response is, well, Jordy stunk in Oakland. Well, 
Jordy didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Oakland. Jordy didn't have 10 years of rapport with the quarterback in Oakland. You know, Jordy wouldn't have been the, Jordy, Jordy, he would have been the third option here. Which may have been better for Jordy long term if he stayed and been the third option over. Yeah. And he, apparently, he's saying, and this is all from him talking to them, is these guys all wanted to take significant pay cuts and they didn't want to do it. And Woodson, and he named a bunch of guys, Woodson, Peppers, Jordy, uh, maybe James Jones, but that was, he left and came back. He mentioned a couple other guys like uh, Casey Hayward and Micah Hyde and like, those are guys where they got their payday and they became stars, and it's that was tough to see. But I don't know if money wise they could have even made that part work. I forgot Casey Hayward was on the Packers. Yeah, he they yeah they drafted him. Um, Completely forgot about that. Yeah. So it seems like he's everything's kind of put to bed. He's in, he seems engaged. He was, he's been, you know, there's a bunch of videos of him helping, you know, talking and coaching up like the cart and the, and the third string kid that they have the, the cart that Tiari got him. So it's like, he's here, he's in for this year. And then it seems like everything's getting blown up after this year. And when I mean blown up, like totally blown up, because if they trade them, they have like $26 million in dead cap next year. So I don't even think they'll be able to sign Devontae. I, it's it's a whole lot. I'm telling you, that. they're going to look good in that Bronco Orange next year together. You don't want to hear it, but you know you're thinking it. Okay, and you know what? All of the fans of other teams were... Stomping on graves. Guess what? Now you're fucked. You now, Bear fans were all happy. Now the Bear fan spin is, uh, oh, this is great. Justin Fields will be ready when Rodgers is gone. Yeah, great. Yeah. Good luck with that. Have fun. Yeah, but the idea, but Justin Fields maybe needs to play this year or your team's going to suck anyway. Maybe the Chicago Bears will ever have a good quarterback in the history of their franchise ever. <laughs> Tell um, us how you really feel, Vin. Do I, it. It's almost impossible. Look at their franchise. Their best quarterback is Jay Cutler. It's not even close. And Jay Cutler was, like, fine. They would have been better off trading for Matthew Stafford. Jay Cutler was that ideal quarterback that you wanted on a team, but you you have to build around him. You have to have mm-hmm. superstar wide receivers and a superstar running game around him. I think it was more the offensive line for Jay Cutler. And, the, and of course, that, too. I mean, they had a pretty. Wasn't Thomas Jones there or whatever Jones? Well, yeah, yeah but he wasn't the quarterback. He wasn't a quarterback then. Yeah, he was with Thomas Jones. I think. I think that was uh, Grossman. Yeah, Forte might have been the running back with, but even yeah, Matt Forte was good. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Matt, again, Matt Forte is still a stud. Anyway, I think it was more had to do with the line and him seeing ghosts at the end of his tenure there. It, it seems like we're all. I, I think, unfortunately... We let bygones be bygones for one year. The competition in this division is Kirk Cousins, a rookie, and Jared Goff. I'm not really that worried. And we just go into it and, and see how much of a run they Yeah, can but make. Kirk Cousins has like a 95, you know, accuracy rating in Madden. Kirk uh, Cousins is the better just aside, it's, it's, it's just yeah. like Brett Favre again. And, it, and, and it's, it's like we've mentioned... 
billions of times. It's just disgusting that they have only had one Super Bowl win and three trip. No, on three trip. No, four trips, right? Between the four two trips. of them, they have two Super Bowls and I think it's four actual Super Bowl games. Three. Three total games, yeah, and two yeah, rings. Rogers yeah, that's right. Rogers only one, went one. Yeah. Rogers only went the one time. It's just, yeah, it's just mind blowing. It it's crazy to think too. Like, it's funny because history is such on the Packers side that Jordan Love is going to be a superstar. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's the crazy part about it. It's like, as great as Rogers is, it everything lines up that. No matter what, based on what we've seen, think about it. When we, us growing up, the Packers were first turning that corner to become great again when we started growing up, right? right. Early 90s. Then in the mid-90s, they're in the, they have Favre, they're going to the Super Bowls, they win the ring, they're playing in another one, and they're still winning the division every year. So it's like, based on our history, they've never been bad. What they have, I think it's. I think we discussed it. It was like one top fifteen draft pick in the last twenty years or something. In my lifetime of being a fan, I think they've had three top fifteen picks. Maybe, yeah. They went. They drafted AJ Hook. They went after they went four and twelve. They drafted BJ Raji after I think they went six and ten. Rogers first year. And then they went four and four eleven and one, I think, in in twenty eighteen or yeah, in twenty eighteen when McCarthy got fired, they might have traded back. No, they took Gary. They took Gary with that pick. So it's three. It's really three. I think losing seasons since nineteen ninety two or something, or four losing seasons. It's not a lot. My thought is it's the other way around though. Because you're not, no one goes three in a row with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You can look back and like Montana and and uh, Young, you know, even the Cowboys with like Danny White and Aikman and like I'm trying then to think Quincy Carter, right? Right, Quincy Carter. I'm trying to think of other like those that. guys until Roma. Like, oh, well, they had Testaverde and the they Patriots. had uh, Bledsoe. Yeah, right. The Patriots went Bledsoe Brady like. It's tough to do a third. The, you know, the Colts, obviously, is the other one. Yeah, and Wentz is already hurt. Yeah, of course. I mean, that was a, a disaster of a move, but I mean, whatever, see what the coach can pull out of him. I'm excited for football season. Yeah. I, I I am hopeful that um, I think they're as good as anybody in the league. They've been to two straight NFC championship games. They're, it's all there for them. They got Aaron Jones back, so it's 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 all there for the taking. Um, it is it is there. It's it's just how if obviously health's a cop out because everybody knows health sure. health's health, but it 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 really is their time that they have to get going now because it's obviously now or never. Obviously, I'm so I'm mildly it, interested in what happens um, how the floor handles this. Because the truth of the matter is, this is his first real, what I would call adversity as a head coach. Year one, they went 13-3 and and they got their asses kicked on the championship game that they didn't have any business being in. Right. So, like, I was, there's no, there's no blame on him year one. Year two, they're, again, they haven't even lost back-to-back games in his tenure yet. But 
you get into a championship game where his coaching decisions were questioned. Kicking a field goal. Get, right. You get into a situation this whole offseason. It wasn't about him. It was never about him. It was always about above him. But you have to deal with the situation now with both, with your quarterback. And it, it's not going to be easy. So I'm, I'll, I'm be very interested to see what? how he responds. When did the GM take over? McCarthy always had full control, right? So there was – that's part of the, the – Or was it a quote-unquote GM, but McCarthy was really the – No. Basically so, the guy. There's – the power structure of the whole situation was definitely an issue just in general at times. Um, the CEO, is ba- who is obviously basically their owner, um, there was a point where he wasn't – really in charge like ted thompson was the previous gm when he was mccarthy's gm he was in charge he was judge jury executioner at at one point and it was kind of like you had to go through him for everything then once they got rid of him and brought in uh gudekunst who's the gm now it more went to mark murphy who's the ceo like as the as kind of the final decision guy, but it's more of a group effort between him, the Gudakuns, and and Lafleur. So again, but there's there's nobody above the CEO. Like I mean, he's basically the owner. He, I mean, he could. I don't know what the the you know voting things are with with the uh, there's a board you know board of directors whatever. So I don't know how that whole situation is handled. But yeah, the the McCarthy had say but he no he didn't have final say he wasn't like a gm coach okay because i feel like like you were saying earlier it was easier for rogers to go up to mccarthy and say hey this is what we need this is what we need to do this offseason but even and that's probably true but even that like the whole whole issue with mccarthy was things got very stale and they kind of kept trying to run the same offense that they ran when they well yeah when that when that happened then yeah that made sense you know for all we know at that point rogers was going to mccarthy and saying hey this is what we need to do and he was going up top and then they were saying no yeah i mean this this they have they're very steadfast with their philosophy that i mean They've been pretty damn successful, but like we said, they haven't, you know, won the the big prize lately. Their whole philosophy is they never really go all in. You know, look at people like the Saints. You look at people like uh, the Rams right now. They're all in. They're pushing cap hits back. They're doing everything they need to do to win right now in the window of their team. And in two years, it's going to look like shit, and they're going to have to blow it up. The Packers try to stay in the window of... They're not going to have to really blow it up because they're, you know, they're always drafting for two years in, in the future's problems or they're, they're making moves for next year's problem. So they're going to stay at the six and 10, 11 and five. Let's hope we get hot range. And it, it, that's not the way players think, right? Players, especially last year, if you saw watch Rogers, like after the, after the championship game, he knew there was a good chance that 
Aaron Jones was leaving. Now Aaron Jones is back, but he was a free agent. Their center, who actually left, Corey Lindsley, was a free agent. So it's like Bakhtiari. I think Bakhtiari might have gotten paid already. At that he got point. paid but right he before was, he got hurt. Right. So he got paid during the season. So he had already had a contract. But you could tell that there was a, even then, a, a, almost a last dance kind of thing. Like this crew, there was a, there was a big thought that the, some of the defensive guys were going to have to go. Like people thought Preston Smith was going to get cut. No doubt. So, like, there was a big thought that this, that was this crew, crew's last chance. And then when it didn't happen in the championship game, you know, and they didn't make any moves at the deadline. Now, the move of the deadline they were talking about was Will Fuller, and then he eventually got suspended, and that would have been a disaster. But, like, the fact they didn't even attempt to make a move. They haven't made a trade at the deadline in, I don't know, how many? I don't think ever. In my Not life, many teams do, that's why. I know, but now, these days, they do, like, the NFL deadline has become more of a thing recently. Yeah, recently for a team that they they know that they're not making the playoffs and they're just gonna sell sell off assets basically with it. Uh, it's it's just it's just unfortunate. It's it's just the situation that Green Bay being in Green Bay is the situation there they have to face. So like, but you know that going into being fans of a Green Bay Packers because you've seen it before. It, it just seems that back-to-back ugly divorces, just the ego-driven of it, of it. So, well, that's the other thing is is Gutekunst has been in the organization for a while. You would think he would have learned from the mistakes of the last guys, right? But I, it just it seems like the same scenario. Over again. It's exactly the same. Scene. He could also be yeah, having that mindset of, okay, the last guy let the the Hall of Famer walk. If, Let's let this I, guy I walk. I know, I know, I have to make it a giant spin, but if you really look at it, both NFC Championship meltdowns almost <laughs> ca- catastrophically ended it. So, thankfully, with Rodgers, he came back this season. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's always. I mean, the 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 Favre one. With the Giants was always the end for Favre. It was either su- right. it was either no matter how that season ended, they could have lo- they could have not made the playoffs. They could have lost to Seattle the week the week before. They could have went to the Super Bowl and won. Favre was done at the end of the year. That, that that's I, the point I'm making. Right, I I tend to because they had already uh, they had given Rodgers a contract extension past his first contract in the, in that uh, that would have kicked in. I think it kicked in that year in, in a way. Something like if I that. remember correctly, with that 07 season, Favre got hurt against the Cowboys, yeah. and Rodgers came in in duty. Obviously, they didn't pull out the win, but he played enough that we're like, all right, well, see you, Brett, kind of thing. Like, Well, there was also, I, I've, I've mentioned this before, there's a segment of Packer fans who have the belief that McCarthy should have pulled Favre in the first, after the second half, after the first half of that game, and let Rodgers play the second half in the championship game. I remember I, that. I, Remember you nobody would have nobody would have done that. Like, but no, there's no way that would have. No, happened. but there is a segment of fans who think they would have won that game if he made that decision. If he made that decision and you end up still losing that game, McCarthy's out of Green Bay at that point. Uh, he might get run out of town. You, yeah, you're I probably mean, running him out of town. And you're like, wait a minute, you just took a Hall of Famer out of the out of the equation, and you were like, right. Yeah, it's. I can't blame him Aaron for for what he did this no not at all not at all he he laid it out very fair that he's seen how guys were handled on their way out 
and he saw the writing on the wall that he was going to be handled that way, and and he didn't want to deal with it. And he and, he de- and they des- he deserves better than that, you know. What I mean, I agree. I I mean, and he doesn't need that weight. Like Favre had that what like seven year wait before they really like welcomed him back into Green Bay. So like at least I mean, now we know like he said, hey, this is my last season here. We're gonna do one more year. Let's go out on top. You know, and now the fans could kind of be like, all right, at least he wants to, you know. Right. I mean, the the Favre thing was also that he went to Minnesota. If he would have just left normally. Well, the team tried to avoid it by making him go to the Jets. Obviously. They weren't going to trade him to the Vikings. I I definitely, I mean, I've talked about this before that, like, like I said before, about not going all in and and handling things. I I think we mentioned that they just gave Rashawn Gary Clay's number the year after he left. Jordy's number's been given out. It's it's stupid. Yeah, currently I think Jay Sternberger, who's a a (laughs) second-round pick tight end, they gave Jordy 87. Like, it's just stupid things like that, that, like, it's not necessary. It's not necessary to be this cold and this, like, you know, unhuman. But it's the way they, it's the Packer, the quote-unquote Packer way. And it's hard to argue because they've, they've been as successful as they've been. Yeah, it's like. And also, he stunk two years ago. Like, I, t- I talked about this then. He stunk two years ago. Which is why they drafted the next guy. That's the entire reason. He screwed the whole thing up by winning MVP. Right, because if at least he sucked again, at least you could have just been like, all right, you're out. Yeah, you could have been like, look, you're declining. (laughs) And he, I don't know what he did. The son of a bitch. He got engaged. To somebody else? Well, Well, that was the... (laughs) That was like, people were blaming her. I'm like, just enough. Well... Him and Danica broke up. Yeah. Right. And then, like, a couple months later, he was engaged. Well, yeah, he was very... When he was talking on McAfee, he was... It was very, like... He would bring up, you know, getting the right people in my life and that kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm kind of taking shots at your ex, homeboy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course. I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to... Of course. Yeah. He's just mad because she can drive better than him. Well, now he has a golf cart, so. With fuzzy, with a fuzzy wheel. Yeah, that says Love sixty nine on it. Well, I mean, that's, that's because great. he wants him to take him with him at the end of the funny, year. Funny life. Oh yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> there's, there's got to be some kind of out in that contract or something. That guy, that guy is waiting. He's like, all right, wherever you go, guess what? You're gonna need, you're gonna need a guard. You're gonna need a tackle. You're gonna, need, you're gonna need me out there. Yeah, I mean that's I, that's why I'm saying I'm, I'd be surprised if they give Devontae an extension at this point. I'd be just surprised if he signs one. Why would you? Unless you really like, unless Devontae Adams really likes Jordan Love that much. Which he's already publicly said that he wouldn't be against going back to a former quarterback he played with. Who? Uh, Carr in Vegas. They played together in college. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Um, whatever college they went to. So, uh, Bakakti, whatever the left tackle's name is, 
Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari has this year, and then he has an out yeah, he, after next year. Of course he does. Yeah. So. That. Adios. So, he doesn't have the out at the end of this year. It's the end of next year. But he does have a bonus for next year that I guess if they... A guaranteed $9.5 million bonus, I guess, if they... Um, so if they cut him before that, I guess they don't have to pay that and they'll just have the dead cap. They'll have I a $50 million dollar dead cap hit for him if they cut him. Yeah, again. I mean, they're not cut him. <laughs> I... <laughs> they what? do have, like, th- their left guard at the moment, Elton Jenkins, is going to play left tackle because Bakhtiari's still... He might be back for week one, but at the moment in camp, he's not back because of his... It's one of the, it's one of those. It's a torn ACL. You got to see what happens. You're gonna keep him right. out safely. So they're playing. They're playing. Well, who is their left guard at left tackle? And he's like dominating people. Like he's just he dominates people over wherever on the line he plays. He played right tackle last year. He played. I think he played some center. It's like so they might just let him go at some point and and keep this younger guy. They have John Runyon Jr. who's apparently been good so far playing guard. Told you you were going to like him once you drafted him. I mean, I I liked him. He played like three games last year, and he didn't stand out bad, so he's fine. Listen, I I wanted him to be a giant. You guys had a fight at practice, and I've been spending the last 40 minutes talking about this stupid team. Listen, Nick Gates is a man. That's all you have to know. Your star corner and your star... Yeah, but they are not the ones who fought. Star corner? It wasn't a star corner. It was TJ Brunson, who might not even make the team. No, it was Logan. I thought it was Logan. It was Logan Wait, Ryan. It came out oh, publicly. It was Logan oh. Ryan who lit up Galladay in the middle of the field after making the oh, catch. They said it was TJ Brunson. No, they said it was Ryan. And, okay, so and Gates got my... in his face and that's goes, my... "Yo, we're not wearing pads yet." Even though look, I know Logan's not the star. They have James Bradbury, but still, Logan Ryan was a very big pickup for them last year. Oh, definitely. And so a huge why... resign too. So. Right. So this is the first time I heard Logan Ryan. It was always TJ Brunson. I've been hearing Logan Ryan since the play hey, happened. Let's go Giants camp fight. All I heard was Gates into Ryan's face after big hit up middle was what I read the other day. Well, yeah. Uh, the first thing that comes up is 2018 Wayne Goldman and Olivier Vernier got in a fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, neither of them matter. Got it. Did Wayne Goldman sign anywhere? Yeah, the uh, Minnesota, uh, no, San Francisco. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Uh, oh, he got a one-year deal, basically league minimum. I'm pretty sure it was Brunson with the hit. Maybe Ryan, maybe Ryan, like was just defending his teammate on the defensive side. All I know is I forgot who tweeted it the other day, but we're not shit talking on the crappy offense so far. This this training camp, we're talking about how great the defense has been. Because <laughs> apparently the offense, but. As everybody expected, new weapons takes longer to gel with, and it's not even like there when you when you uh, Google it. Yeah, it's not Twitter search. Dan Duggan, Kenny Galladay just got leveled by T.J. Brunson after making a catch over the middle. Nick Gates was quick to get into Brunson's face. Other players exchanged pleasantries and didn't escalate. Okay, well there you go. Well, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, 
it's basically the guy that's on the bubble to making the team. That's why everybody got mad. Um, oh, so yeah, it's no, Galladay. We literally just signed that guy. It's like that's, that's dude, my that's my point. That, that's our number one receiver. If it's like, <laughs> if it's like John Ross, go for it. Hit him in the head. Who cares? Even though Ross <laughs> is actually having a good camp. Right, but, but so, still, like Ross was brought in for returning. So yeah, and then the funnier part of the camp was day one uh kelvin benjamin getting cut and then the, later that night he uh later that night he uh told a bunch of media members uh his side of the story and he just looked like an idiot basically and then basically saying he, he failed never his physical yeah right. i didn't even i didn't even know he was in camp what the hell yeah. happened well he he was supposed to lose 15 pounds came gaining three and the Giants aren't going to handle that crap because he was basically a camp body, you know? So they cut him. He was brought in have... by the Giants because he was a Gettleman, Gettleman draft person. pick. And right. he's trying to change positions. And Gettle... and he called Get... the report is that he called Gettleman and asked him, hey, is there anything you could do to help me here? And the agreement was, we'll bring you in as a tight end like you want to be. But this is the weight you need to be. Right. And, and he then didn't... he was... And he was saying he was an all, almost an all-pro wide receiver at 260, which... Well, almost doesn't count. Go away. Almost, exactly. <laughs> he's that, too big to be a tight end? Well, well you you got to realize the not, tight ends in this league now are... I, well, I mean, I know, but I... He's not exactly going to be the blocking tight end. So, yeah, he, they wanted him at 251, and he wasn't there, and... The fact of the matter is, is he had a possibility of being maybe the fourth tight end, if that. Right. Because you would have Ingram, you'd have Rudolph, and you'd have um, Caden Smith, right? Is that the one that came in? Right. So it was the three of them, and this guy was basically looking for a special team spot. Basically what Gettleman was doing was saying, hey, come in and camp. We're going to play you during the preseason. Right. And you're going to get an opportunity to show off, and odds are we're going to cut you after camp. But now he's got no chance in hell of making a team again. And he even and he even said in the Zach Rosenblatt article that he's not even planning on trying out for any other team. So he automatically looks like a loser after the fact. So it's just like Eric, his that. mind was clearly not in it. To he begin was, with. was he? He was part of the Beckham year, right? Was he part of the draft? I uh, believe so. Yeah. I know, I know he was one of those, like, big receiver years. I don't remember if it was... Yeah, it was either the year before or year after. I don't remember. It's the ballpark within a year or two. So, but, oh, well. Like, that's what I was about to say now. Um, 2014, you got drafted. Okay, so the same year. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm really liking the Giants culture. And, and like, you can, like... Say, see what the, what happened the next day was the whole team with their media obligations defending that defending judge and it's just like yeah well obviously you that guy has something wrong if everybody is defending him to the point of like you, if you can't handle it here and everybody knows the situation of they're gonna work their butts off that kind of thing so it's clearly a Kelvin Benjamin issue, not a New York Giants Joe Judge issue. So Coach Judge standards. Say it again. Coach Judge standards. Yeah. So, honestly, uh, there, for most of the fan base, uh, everybody is excited for this season. It's 
the divisions for the taking. It's it's just they did, and I'm happy to hear this that Smith's early reports are fine about his leg. He came off. Uh, Shane Lemieux. Shane no, no, no. I'm talking Eagles wise. Shane Lemieux. I was oh, going to oh, go into in a oh. minute, but like, you know, you're talking yeah. about the division. You know, and LPG wrote it the best. No, we want Smith healthy because we don't want them to use the excuse of, hey, we didn't have our guy. Well, they'll, I, they'll bench him anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I hate when people say I want the other team at their best. You don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Vic. <laughs> you you um, can't you can't tell me that the Mets play the Dodgers in a playoff series and I want Clayton Kershaw on the team. No, I don't. Sorry, the Mets haven't hit a curveball in three in three years. I don't want face to face Clayton Kershaw. Anyway, no. Um, Kershaw was the only one that actually uh, gave them a problem with 15 against them. It's, it's anyway, just one of those things. I, th- I th- think the team is building, and you, you can just feel the energy. They um, practiced in Newark on Saturday, and Judge talked to the the kids that are on the field, uh, in the stands, because they went to Newark, and they had a bunch of uh, youth programs there and everything else like that, and, and a bunch of other players um, – likely Logan Ryan and Peppers who are from Jersey. So it's cool to hear them talk. And, and it's just, they're a team, you know what I mean? Like, obviously I'm not saying they're going to be the, the Buccaneers or the Kansas city chiefs, obviously not, but like they're starting to form something special. And if, if the certain pieces that we're all expecting, hopefully step up this year, it could really be a special year of, wow, we we can, in the future, be a contending team for years to come. You know what I mean? So, there's a lot of, a lot of things to be excited for with Giant fans and the Giants organization. So it's really gonna be, really, really, really exciting this off season. I mean this preseason, and hopefully, no one really gets badly hurt. We dodged a bullet the other night, the other day with uh, Shane Lemieux. So, um, luckily, it's only a few weeks with his knee. Um, so, and they I was mid- talking to Anthony the other day about it when the report came back that initial reports are good, and it kind of it helps out a lot because they brought in the Cowboys center, the old yeah Looney, yeah Looney, and they also have this kind of is a blessing in disguise. For the next couple of weeks, you're gonna let Nate Soldier work out. On the right side. And you're going right. to have Pert working out inside on the right side. So now you're getting both of them the time that you need. So now your depth is going to go up. Yeah, the depth the depth's there this year. There's really no excuse depth-wise for this offensive line to be where it's been the last couple of years. Um, just as long as they stay healthy, obviously. But... It, it obviously none of the guys on the line are perfect, but they 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 you can tell you watching their videos in the off season on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, they're a cohesive unit. They're always with basically the whole offensive line, other than Nate Solder, obviously for the reasons of his family situation, and a little bit older than everybody. But the whole line is basically there together, you know. So it, that's the biggest. That's one of the biggest points about lines is the cohesive, the brotherhood of the offensive line. We saw that back in the day with the Giants line. Our best line was because of that. 
And they still, when you when you talk, hear interviews of the older offensive line, they they still glow and talk about the glory days of them playing. So, like a couple of weeks ago, I, I listened to this podcast, Giants Rush, uh, Giants Rush, Giants Guys, is this specific podcast, and they had Booth on, and it, it, they're still like mocking each other, playing with each other, joking with each other, as even though they haven't played with each other and almost 10 years you know so it's 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 just that we need to get that going on the offensive line and i think they're starting to get that going so it, it's it's a lot of positives i know there's crazy situations glaring at us but if if the right people make the right steps the giants are a very dangerous team and i and not a lot of people realize that and um I can't wait for everybody to be waiting on the wings. And later in the season, hopefully, people are going to be like, oh, the Giants are legit. So as soon as, as soon as people realize that, fine. If they don't, that's that's on them. And then when the Giants shock people, then it is what it is. I'm, 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 I'm really excited. I know I'm excited every year, but something's a little different this year. Something, something, Something's there. We haven't had this in a long time. Maybe going into a 17 season, because we made the playoffs in 16, and 17 was like, oh, we're basically, we have a little another year of offense with McAdoo. Obviously, our offense was bad in 16, but the defense is back at it. And obviously, that went to shit real quick. But I don't think Joe Judge is anywhere near the person that uh, McAdoo was. So uh, there's a lot to be positive. Um, yeah, no, there's there's tons to be positive about, and I, I'm counting down the days to be being at opening day. I just, I'm 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 ready to go. I'm ready to run through a wall. Count me as one of the naysayers. No, oh, and I know, and I appreciate it, and I, and and I and I get why you're being a naysayer because I I would I, if I'm not a giant fan I would be naysaying it as well. But I just want. Being in the loop of watching every single thing that the guys say and do, and just like focusing on them, like like twenty four seven kind of thing, I just get that vibe, you know. So, and I don't expect people to do it, so it's fine. It's completely fine, and I can't wait to prove a lot of people wrong. I do have a question. This is more of a general. Uh... NFL question. How do you think preseason is going to be handled um, in general, you know, playing time-wise? Playing time-wise, I think the first game will be the normal first game-wise. Second game will be, alright, we're playing um, if the players need it, they'll play. And maybe third, now that this is only four games, depending on the player, they might play a series or two. And like, if it it really depends on the team, you know, if it's like a very young team and they they need to get working, they're gonna have to play the third game, you know. I I guess I think I just, it's a team, I think it's a team for team basis because like like for example, you're, you're playing a half, you're playing three quarters, and you're barely you're not even playing if anything a drive in the fourth game. You don't even I care don't, about the fourth game. Well, there isn't a fourth game. The third game, whatever it is. I don't yeah. see them just throwing people in playing a half i, I don't i think, think it you're really, getting three quarter games anymore yeah i don't, I, don't I well i think it's team by team basis i think like for example the the 
Broncos are having a quarterback uh, showdown. So, sure. well, they're number one right now. I think it's Teddy, isn't it? Well, no, it's technically book. No, look, so lock. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think. I mean, Teddy's just. But Teddy is more than likely going to start the season. We all know how Teddy is, but Locke is more of the the guy that's going to push the ball down the field. If so. they were smart, it's going to be Locke because this is the year. You know, we talked about this earlier with Rodgers. He's looking at them. He's mentioned Denver a bunch of times. Right. So then, it's like this is where you have to make that choice of is Drew Locke our guy or do we need to bring in? Because you may say, hey, listen, we'd rather pay less money and keep Drew Locke here because we're building around him. Right, and Locke's, Locke is in the Daniel Jones, Sam uh, Sam Donald category of, like, holy shit, they really sucked last year. This is now, like, make it or break it scary situation type of thing. I so, can't wait for the Jets to play Sam Donald week one. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Donald's going off. Oh, for sure. For sure. And McCaffrey's back. I might draft him in fantasy just for the play him that week. Just to Sam play Donald's, Sam Donald's never had a player. <laughs> He's never had anybody to turn around the, and be like, wait a minute. You you can run. Here. Well, well You college. know what's funny? Yeah. Is that he did and they didn't use him. Right. God. I mean, Le'Veon at that point in his career was not CMC, but... He was a lot better than anybody else they had, and they didn't. I mean, the Jets are a fucking disaster. I think Adam Gase is the worst coach in NFL history. He's, he's arguably right there. He's arguably. Wow. He's definitely in that tier. Mahomes is only going into year five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm just... Trying to keep my excitement focused elsewhere right now. I'm just, I'm not in that excitement football mood yet. It's right, no. First week, it's August 1st while we're recording. No reason to get my hopes up yet. Um, oh, no, I'm not getting hopes up. I'm just excited for the season. It's just, like, there's a lot of positive vibes going around. And they could <laughs> definitely prove a lot of people wrong if they continue to do what they're supposed to do. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're gonna win twenty game, uh, like fifteen games. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that dumb. But I, I, I'm definitely getting good vibes. Um. And then the Jets finally sign Wilson. Wilson. Yep. Wilson. Fully oh, guaranteed for four years. All right. I I find it interesting. I mean, but it makes sense. It's like, it's not like it's a, you know, Kirk Cousins in the middle of his career guaranteed contract. It's a set price for a rookie, so it's not like it's a cap hit that's going to kill him over the next couple of years. Right. So... I mean, we're obviously going to start seeing more of these fully guaranteed contracts. Right. Um, Especially now that guys can get paid in college. They're really just going to be like, I made my important money. Now all I want to do is make my football money when it comes to But football. even in general, like, I know 
Pat's contract obviously can't be fully guaranteed because it was like a zillion dollars, but like guys who were have shorter deals like Cousins took will will get closer to guaranteed money. I just want to say something that I completely forgot about until like last week. Julio Jones is on the Titans. Right. In his Waffle House cleats. I completely forgot until training camp opened. And then yeah, I, I completely was like, oh, forgot as well. Julio Jones. Is that's interesting. That, that should be a fun team to watch. Let's see what happens there. Can Let's Ryan Tannehill Ryan. with weapons be like legit? Nope. <laughs> the the defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator, some somebody on the yeah, offensive coordinator, I think of the Titans, said the other day that he knew what the Packers defense was gonna do against them. He knew every play they were gonna call. And I think the Titans lost that game like fifty six to ten, to fourteen or something. Like <laughs> they got demolished. It was the 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 point it was was brought up around Packers Twitter because it was a shot against Mike Pettin and his predictability on defense. But if if you know what the other team's going to do and you still lose because Ryan Tannehill is limited, well, sorry, I don't, I'm not really sure where you're going to go from there. Now you have Derrick Henry and you have a pretty. I mean, they didn't have a good defense. That's the problem. If you have a decent defense, you'll be fine. Wasn't their defense not terrible? Two, two years ago, I don't think it was terrible. Their defense was got awful this year, I think. And it got worse because they released half the guys. One of Logan was one of the, the corners, came to the Giants last year, and then one of the other corners they let loose. What was Who did the Giants pick up, Danny, from Tennessee uh, this year? Jackson, yeah. Right. So they were like, hey, we're going to get worse on defense, but don't worry, we got Julio. They were fifth worst in the league in yards per game last year. And they were like middle of the pack. Where are they? Yeah, roughly like 10th. I think they were 10th worst in points. 27.9 points a game. So like they they weren't good. No, but they had... Henry rushed him for two K. Right. So exactly. So the, he covered up a lot of a lot of it. Exactly. I'm. I, it's going to be interesting with fantasy football coming up this month. Everybody's going to be starting to focus heavily on it again. It's going to be interesting to see where certain players fall in certain drafts. I mean, I, I mean, to me, Saquon is a very interesting one because I don't know how. I mean, I've seen a lot that he's going first round, and that makes sense. But right, I think he'd be more the towards the late of the first round, and I think if you're expecting him to come out out of the bat going crazy, then you're just not being realistic towards type of thing. But well, yeah, I I agree. But I've seen him a lot go in the yeah. The, the, that's what I'm saying. Like it depends on depending on the manager of the team. Right. It, it, it really, if you're going to take a guy like Saquon, yeah, that's a good value pick for where he's falling, but make sure you piggyback or you're understanding that his numbers might not be where it's supposed to the first few weeks because the Giants, they're, they're being obviously very quiet on what the progression is going with Saquon. I, and obviously we're not going to see him in training camp because that would be malpractice. 
right. I've seen multiple mocks where he goes like four, five, six, like before the run of receivers, like okay. kind of after CMC and Alvin Kamara and, and Henry. But like, I would think I would take him because usually there's like five running backs and then you start going some receivers and then it goes back to running backs. I would take him, like you said, more toward the end of the first round after uh, a D hop or a Devante or, or something like that. Right. He, he's going to be in the ballpark with uh, Zeke and all those people. Cause right. I'm sure Zeke, Joe Mixon, Mixon. Oh well, yeah. Or Chubb. Chubb's yeah, going to be Chubb. high this year. He just got paid. Um, so it's going to be interesting this month. See what happens. You know, obviously it's way too early to speculate really what's going on in the fantasy game. Unless you play all season, all dynasty league which is beyond crazy for me but i know a lot of people do so um yeah man that's a, that like it's gonna be interesting to see like where saquon actually falls and like you can obviously get him at a good value because people are going to be scared off of him not being used a lot early on slash the injury was a big big injury as we all know so we shall see but didn't CMC come off a big injury too? Yeah, he yeah. hurt him. Yeah, but he came back and played the end of last year, I think. No, I it think they held him out. I think I he know. may have held him out at the end. I don't remember. I'll be honest. I mean, ideally, I the most was... interesting team is going to end up being New Orleans when it comes to anything. Yeah, that will be that will be very interesting to say. Um, and they. They uh, picked up Devontae Friedman. From, uh, that was just a depth guy. To... Oh, no, 100%. I'm, I'm obviously Kamara on that team. They're they're going to be using Kamara every waking moment. I'm just saying, <laughs> preseason-wise, he's still a very good player that people are going to be like, oh, maybe we get him in the later rounds uh, type of thing. So I'm not, I'm not... McCaffrey played the first two weeks. Right. Got and then came back had and played him. Played week nine, and then he just and he said, and then he went back out. He never went. He, I mean, I don't think you can go back on IR, but he was just inactive for the rest of the season. Right, right. I had him in a free league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know I how it works. Your team is trash. You send out the whole season. Right, basically. So, um, we had Wanna... some interesting hockey news this week. Uh, the Islanders just sitting around doing nothing. They let Everly go. But also not doing nothing. Right. They're in talks with a bunch of guys. Report today on August 1st is that Pellick is basically wanting an arbitrator because these other idiots all decided to take get these huge contracts, so he thinks he's worth more. So he filed for arbitration. arbitration. Which is a very normal thing, especially for yeah, a player of caliber. The thing about it is Bavillier and Sorokin, who are also RFAs, did not file for arbitration. Well, the report is is that their deals are done. They're just waiting till. And basically, filed... the rumor is is that the, the Islanders aren't moving forward with announcing contracts or officially signing contracts because they're working out. They're trying to work with St. Louis for Tarasenko. So what they're thinking is they got to figure out cap when it comes to bringing him into the lock into the team 
which all the reports say Bavillier is going to have to be a part of it, which makes sense because you got to get rid of a top six guy to bring in a top six guy. You don't have to. I mean, you don't have to, but cap space-wise, usually it makes the most sense. So this the Islanders did this last year, and it was it's a very interesting thing. I don't know the legality of it, but let's let's talk it out. Last year, they didn't file any of their contracts until like it was like the last week of, of the offseason. That's a very interesting. Move. I, I I don't know if they were signed. I, I assume they were agreed to. But they were holding off because they had to sign um, Barzi to a, an extension, which they actually needed to work out. Now, right. to say, I said all the contracts. They did sign Ryan Pulak earlier in the offseason. Like they gave him an extension. But the two free agent contracts, which were not big-name guys, Matt Martin and Andy Green, didn't actually have contracts until like the week of training, like the week of opening day i think or maybe a week before because that's when barzell eventually they worked out his deal like the day of training camp or something or the day of the uh, opening day roster something like that it was very late in the offseason now with all due respect to those two guys matt martin and andy green don't have a lot of options at the moment we're dealing with the assumption is the signed, quote-unquote, signed people are Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parise, and Casey Zizekas. Because we're a week into a week past free agency. Well, not a week, right? It was Wednesday, so we're four days past free agency. Kyle Palmieri's not making the death far if he doesn't have a deal already agreed to. He's going day one, day two. Casey Zizekas was rumored to have a $5 million offer from the Seattle Kraken. He's not making it this far. Also, He's rumored not. is six million out of Toronto somehow. Sure, whatever. So they're again holding off, like Steven said, they're they're definitely holding off these contracts so that they can work out Adam Pellick, get his number done because he's a big one, and then everybody else falls into place. They can maybe they trade for Tarasenko, whatever. My whole thing is this situation. Let's say they've already said Kyle Palmieri gets $4 million, Bavillier's getting $4 million, Sorokin's getting three, whatever, and the Montreal Canadiens say, or the Kraken say, I'm offering Adam Pellick $10 million for an offer sheet. And they accept it. And then, and then he accepts it, and the Islanders say, we match it. Everybody else is fucked. Right, because now there's no space. I don't, so I don't know... Like, well, if they the offer, if someone offers Adam Pellick ten million dollars, he better accept well, it, and we're gonna let him leave. Right, ten <laughs> was high because you get four first round picks for ten million dollars, and and sorry, goodbye, he goes. But if they offer him, the, the rumor a whole season was he's in the five million dollar range, and that's probably where he's gonna get on like a shorter term bridge kind of deal. But if somebody offers him eight, I I think they match that, and then again, everybody else's number goes down. I, I I'm sure. They're a lot smarter than I am, but it just doesn't make any sense that, like, these guys would just do this. Well, you got to also realize that, like, you could basically tell people, like, you can handshake agree things and then be like, all right, we're going to change some wording around. Like, look at Andy Green's contract. That guy could make $2 million this year. Well, that's. But his cap hits 250000 because right. it's all well, incentive-based bonuses and things like that. So they can literally call, hey, Casey, listen, we're going to change your cap hit. We're going to make it this, but we're going to make sure you're making all the money you want. But it, with him, it, there's only, you can only do the, the signing bonus, the bonus thing 
with older guys. That's the thing. So, like, th- that situation, what you're talking about, is probably what's going on with Parise. Because it's like you have to be over 35 to get a bonus contract where your cap hit is 750, which is the minimum, but he can make up to 2 million, which is exactly what happened to Andy Green, and which is why they're actually in cap. They were, they were in overage last year, so they have like a million dollars minus from the what is supposed to be their cap ceiling because Andy Green made his bonuses last year and they went over the cap technically. So, I, I mean, like I said, I, I think that's what's going on right now, and it seems like they might trade for Tarasenko, or they just might roll it back with basically the same team. Palmieri takes Eberle's spot, Parise goes in the third line, and it's the same team where they just have to get a defenseman to replace Nick Letty. Which I don't they know haven't even how... attempted to do apparently yet. Well, that is another thing. I think I saw somebody say um, Ryan Murray, I think his name is, who was on the Devils. Right. Is also another guy who like should have signed and is just sitting there without a contract. So he's probably got the don't say anything Lou spell on him and he's like in the fold. Right. Which is fine. I mean, it's better than like I'm just hoping they're not being like, All right, Aho and Hickey are gonna fight for that sixth spot and whoever wins gets to play with Andy Green. No, I don't think that's what they're doing. Which is also interesting because if you think about it, they do have the room to also bury contracts this year again, which is what they did ideally in a way before the season last year. So well, yeah, Thomas well, Hickey's going to become a, a hey, enjoy your... Uh, I don't know. Thomas Hickey might be on the team. No, he's going to be a waiver wire in, in camp. Cap wise, before camp, and then he'll make, and then he'll go, end up making the team, but it won't be a cap hit because of waivers. I mean, he's, he's not even, he's, he's actually a buried penalty guy at this point because, so yeah, so that what that is is just he's technically on in Bridgeport, so you bury, but you're only allowed one, you're only allowed two, 1.2. it's 1.2, and he makes 1.3. Well, he makes 1.3. Now I think he make he makes two point five, so they they have buried one point two of his two point five. So his cap hit is one point three, technically. Right. Yeah, he's making two five in Bridgeport. It's dumb cap shenanigans. I don't know. Everlays in Seattle. That's all I know. We have seventeen million dollars, and that doesn't even include the. The six million we're getting for Boychuk when you know right before the season starts, so that's also coming back to the point from last year of they didn't sign those contracts because they waited to put Boychuk on long term IR before officially announcing those contracts. So I'm sure that has to do with why these guys' contracts haven't been announced yet. They're waiting for that date where they can legally put that six million dollars on off the cap. I think that could be a part of it. Right, which is probably why Pellick's like, hey, you have 17 now. Why not just put me on the cap? And worry, well, yeah, about, like, worry about these other, worry about like Palmieri and Parise when that when the cap hit is, this, you get the extra six back. Or Casey when you get the extra six back. Something like that. 
Because again, Casey is a a, a two way forward who's going to score ten goals a year in a full season. Mm-hmm. Who's going to kill off, be your number one penalty killer, yep, and have a fifty five to sixty five percent face off percentage. Yeah, he's your perfect guy. third line, fourth line center on any team. That's the type of guy you need on a lot of these teams, especially to kill penalties. So it's like the only reason why he shouldn't have signed yet is because of, hey, we're waiting for $6 million to come off in September. Or, yeah. Because that's when it's going to be when camp opens. Hockey camp. I think, yeah, you have to. There's like you can go over your cap cap technically in in the offseason. You're allowed to go over. Like, I think it's by 10%. But then you it, there's shenanigans with how to get that $6 million. It, it's a weird, stupid thing. Right. So, event-wise, uh, let's see if they say it on here. Oh, they're not even putting it. No, they're just talking about his outdoor games here. Never mind. I, I think in order to use, the, like, the cap, you have to get as close to the ceiling of the cap before you use that six million dollars in order for like to use it all or something, because it's not just your cap just doesn't go up by six million dollars. It's like you have to spend. I think the cap is eighty one something. You have so you have to spend like eighty one five hundred, and then you get that money once you put that guy on long term injured reserve. It's it's all cap shenanigans, but it's probably somebody's gonna have to wait until the end. But then again, like, what if, like I said, what if something happens that blows everything up and then some guys without a job at at the last second? It just, it seems like a weird thing that there has to be some rules about that Lou is just not following. Which is what Lou does best, because as we know, it's Lou's rules. Right, like, he made the rules, (laughs) I guess. What you don't realize is this is Lou's world, and we're just living in it. Can we talk about the Mets for a second and how I have no faith in them anymore? Is it because their pitching is terrible? Or is it because Rojas is probably the worst manager of all time? I think it's a combination of both things. Okay. Well, here we go. We have a pretty shitty bullpen. Danny, it's time to wake up again. I know we've talked about the Islanders a lot. I need you here. The Look at their rotation, right? Rich Hill is a five-inning guy. Even when he pitches good, he's a five-inning guy. Tyler McGill has pitched very well. They're not letting him go past, like, five. Two starts ago, when he was pitching against the Blue Jays, he was at, like, 78 pitches at the end of the sixth inning, and they pulled him. So he's there strictly at two turns around the lineup, maybe six innings. And Cookie, at this moment, is not stretched out. We saw he pitched four innings. I I doubt it'll be solid four innings. By the way, it was a pretty solid minus that first pitch. It was a solid four innings, but I think it's going to be at least a week or two before he can go a full length. So now we're at probably two weeks at least, where you have three guys that are just five inning guys: Taiwan Walker, who I don't know what the hell happened, and Strowman, who while I, I have faith in, has been a little inconsistent lately. And their response to that was Trevor Williams and zero bullpen arm. 
when you have, I think, five guys in that bullpen between Diaz, May, Lugo, Familia, and Aaron Loop. I like Drew Smith too, but we, we, I mean, he's been a little shaky lately. To me, that's six guys I can trust. But you're overworking. There's Miguel Castro too. That's seven. But you're overworking the shit out of them. Danny, we've talked about this a million times that Miguel Castro pitches every goddamn day. So like, if you're just gonna go five innings every day, and have a manager who's not good with bullpen management, you get in these situations where Anthony Bend is pitching in the eighth inning of a three-one game. Or this stupid whatever I don't even know who the guy is that pitched today is pitching the eighth inning of a four to one game. Where yeah, they haven't scored any runs lately, but any chance that they could have had to score runs in the ninth inning was negated because it was seven to one and six to one, six to two or six to one on Friday. It just I tweeted this before, and maybe it's overreacting because they lost today and I get all twisted when they lose stupid games like that. Nothing has changed with this organization. Yeah, they traded for Javi Baez. Sure. They paid a better prospect so they wouldn't have to pay him. Uh, is that a, a luxury tax thing? I think it is. But it's still a pay, paying more in players because of money. They had to fire a general manager before the season even started. They have had numerous injuries. Their big free agent acquisition, trade acquisition, one has uh, just came in and pitched his first game this week. The other one is hurt and has disappointed. They've had awful communication. Luis Rojas said at 3.30 that Jake was fine, and at 4.30 his arm fell off. It's just... Absolutely nothing has changed so far. And I know it's early, and it's four months in, and somehow they're in first place. But it's just, this is a broken record at this point. It's the same thing. It's it's legit a disaster. And it all comes down to, I, I still think it's Rojas, it comes down to. Because we were at the game the other day. Why is... The lefty pitching the right, the the third inning, the second inning. I don't know. He pitched. This, he they brought him in the eighth inning. I um, in the seventh inning. I think it was yeah, because they don't hit in the ninth. They don't pitch in the ninth inning if they're losing. He brought him in the seventh inning, and I got annoyed because there was no reason for him to be in the game. But he was facing Votto and Tyler Naquin and another lefty. So fine, okay, that was I get it. And he got through the inning. There's no reason he should have pitched the second inning. There's absolutely you, you. You punted the game when you're down three to one against a team with a shitty bullpen. You just did. And then again, you did it again today. Four to one, and you brought in a guy off the street basically today. And sure, you want to. This is a plan to live for tomorrow, maybe. I don't know, but they're playing the Marlins this week. We've seen how playing the Marlins goes for this team, in general. I just, I'm actually annoyed they're in first place because it, they're like, they're a 500 team, basically. Well, they are a 500 team. For the last two months, they are. And it's, it's, it feels like while there is a different owner, and I don't think the Wilpons make a move to trade for Javi Baez, it feels like the same things all over.
Yeah, I I agree with you. It's like Um We basically just I, I feel like we made that trade because Steve Cohen was like, Hey, we gotta make some sort of trade today. You know, get this fan base going, get them excited. And what did they do? They made the trade, right? Which made sense. And it makes sense to make the trade too because, you know, he's an electrical bat at the end of the day. But like you said on Friday while we were driving to the game, you said, I can't wait to see how long am I going to let the strikeouts bother me. And then Saturday night, what happens with, with an out? And he's got a three zero pitch, and he's swinging at sliders. He swung three, and he he swung a ball four in the ninth inning of a game they were down by one run, and like it it annoyed me at the mo- in the moment, and it's gonna continue to annoy me, but I I can let it go. I I I did look at something that made me feel a lot better. If you look at the people who lead the league in strikeouts offensively, it's all good players. Like Otani is right behind them in strikeouts. Acuna is always right there in strike. So like I get it. People strike out. But I, it just doesn't make – it wasn't enough. They needed – there was reports they were trying to trade for Kenta Maeda to whatever. There there are plenty of relievers who are – who were gettable for low-level prospects that they could have – Tyler Clippard is out there. He's still getting people out. There, there were plenty of guys who they could have went out and just added one more arm to this bullpen. Just so you don't have to pitch Anthony Banda. I know lefties aren't a thing anymore. Aaron Loop is out there hanging out by himself, lefty-wise. They could have added another lefty. Could have added any bullpen help. Anybody. There was there was bullpen help out there to get. And even, you know, if you wanted to bring in one of those guys who pitches once a week to give an arm a day off. That would have been fine, but we haven't even did that. We didn't even do that. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I'm trying to find something. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it. And and it's not like you can wait for a guy to be put on waivers right now because that's done. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, a few years ago, twenty fifteen, they added Addison Reed at the waiver deadline. That's sorry, that's not a thing anymore. You're, you're not you're not getting Addison Reed to come in. Maybe Sandy thinks he is. Maybe Sandy thinks he is. But yeah, I, I, the Mets are their current record is. I'm just pulling it up. They're fifty-five and forty-nine. They are eleven and four in games Jacob Degrom starts. So outside of Jacob Degrom starts, they're forty-four and forty-five. And I know he's hurt, but he's quite literally the only reason they're above 500. 
You take away his starts, they're a 500 team. So, uh, and he's not going to be back anytime soon. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not sitting here saying they should have went out and got Max Scherzer. That wasn't an option. They shouldn't have won freaking... The, the reports were the, the Twins wanted Jeff McNeil and Francisco Alvarez plus another prospect for Jose Barrios. I don't expect you to go out there and do that. That would be... It was also in- Dom Smith and, and uh, Riccio, the shortstop, and another top 10 prospect for him also. They said those are our two offers. Yeah. Okay, that that wasn't happening. I get it. Fine. I, but like I said, there, there was there was bullpen arms to be had, and I know this that the middle, the if you if you listen to the prospect guys, there's a, the the middle of the Mets prospect pool is not strong. They have a, some, a, some solid guys at the top of their prospect pool that are a few years away. But they're solid. They have like four top 100 prospects now, five top 100 prospects. And anything after that is a huge drop-off. So maybe there's not value there. But, I mean, there had to be something out there to get. Like I said, Tyler Clippard. The, the, the Reds got like three relief pitches to the line. Sean Doolittle is a, just magically appeared in nowhere. I didn't even know he was still in the league. That guy came out yesterday, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I... I didn't even know he definitely. I, if he got traded this week, I missed it. There was a lot happening this week, but I definitely missed it if that happened. So I, I just and tomorrow they'll win, and I'll I'll be back in. But like the inconsistency inconsistency of the offense, the lack of starting pitching, I just don't see it. I I, I almost rather than miss the playoffs than have to go and. Get slaughtered by the Brewers in the first round. Fun fact: Sean Doolittle is actually has actually been a Red since February. Okay, so he's been on the Reds the whole time. I, we <laughs> we played a whole series against them, and he didn't pitch. So I assumed he wasn't there. So, yeah, we played four whole games before that moment. Four games and eight innings before that moment, and he hadn't been mentioned. I assumed he wasn't there. Yeah, I hear that. Um. And then the Yankees, you know, also forgot to trade for pitching. But on the same day that they lost, you know, fourteen nothing, they decided to trade for more bats. But the bats have worked. Rizzo's had a, Rizzo had a big weekend. I mean, and they beat the Marlins. But we, we talked told, about this. They played the Marlins. They're gonna beat the Marlins, and everyone thinks they're gonna be back, and then they're gonna play somebody for real. And but it's like two weeks until they play somebody for real. Remember we talked about it. They have that weird. Uh, Thursday, Friday off thing, but it made sense yeah. because of the Field of Dreams game. It's just Field of Dreams game. Right. That makes sense. All right. Is there anything else we got? I think that's it. I think we covered everything. I think we hit it all. I think we hit all the all the bullet points tonight. All right. So, with that being said, uh, we got some fun things being planned for the NFL, start of the NFL season. Of course, a preview show. We may even do our... Uh, draft live on a Zoom call uh, with a bunch of the guys from the from the draft and kind of record that for everybody to listen to all that nonsense that you know we always love listening to. Um, anything else for you, Dan? No, I think that's it. Everybody, I mean, have a good week. Enjoy your preseason football. That I mean, coming up in about two weeks. 
and uh, whatever happens. Yeah, whatever happens in baseball season, because uh, I mean, you got to believe, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. Get the love.